This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Uh, going to be a fun and interesting one today. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada, our first leg of our triple header across the TSN network today. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino going to join in hour two. He has made his way over to Scotland where he'll be there for PGA Tour Radio on the ground covering the Genesis Scottish Open. We're one week out from the Open Championship. And, Bob, we had... I'm not sure how you want to describe what went down in the U.S. Senate yesterday. We're going to take a deep dive into it. But uh, overall, surprised at what you heard that came down yesterday? Uh, in the big picture, no. I think that it was there was no huge sort of bombshell shock to it. There was a lot of stuff that we didn't know that kind of got revealed, like how long ago it started, how it started. Uh, but some of the crazy proposals that were put forth in the early going were, were pretty interesting. But, uh, but overall, I thought, I thought the PGA Tour reps, Jimmy Dunn, who's an independent board director, and uh, Ron, uh, lost Price. my mind here. Anyway, there, thank you very much, Sean Price. I've got so many notes here and so many things going in front of me um, that I thought they handled themselves pretty well. I thought the, you know, the, the, those kind of things in a large part are in my opinion anyway, sort of a showcase for the senators who are trying to make their point and trying to advance their images and stuff and profiles and their their uh, special niche things that they work on. So, you know, you weren't expecting to get a lot out of it, but I think there was some, some pretty interesting things. And if I was a PGA Tour player, I would be reading through those, the documents, I, which I got, got myself through the 276-page memorandum that went alongside with the uh, release and with this, the the hearing, there was a lot of interesting stuff in that that um, that was uh, that made me kind of giggle late into last night. You read the entire thing? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> okay, this is uh, our latest edition of the Golf Talk Canada Book Report, where Bob will give a summary of page forty-two <laughs> in hour or two. No, but throughout uh, this first couple segments, we're going to take a deep dive into what went down at the U.S. Senate, all two hundred and seventy-six pages when this initial uh, framework was underway what's going to happen with greg norman uh, all these crazy proposals we'll get into that as i mentioned mark sacchino going to join us in hour two we're also going to learn all about the tailor-made stealth two driver because we're giving one away this week in 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Also an hour or two, Lucas Herbert going to join the show. I had a chance to speak with him at the Adidas Global Launch event back in February. And as well, making his Golf Talk Canada debut, Michael Harrison going to join the show to take a deep dive into the betting aspect of this week at the Genesis Scottish Open and his overall thoughts on how you can place a little wager on golf but before we get to all that we're going to talk u.s senate the big meeting that was in some news and some headlines news and headlines are brought to you by sandbagger hard seltzer sandbagger everybody knows one okay so before we really take 
what's going to be a, a long conversation. A couple things. Bob and I are not lawyers, so we're going to do our best <laughs> to discuss. I mean, not, not that I know of, Bob. You're not a lawyer, right? No, not to the best of my knowledge. I'm not anyway. Okay. Okay, good. I, I, I had a few too many pucks fired at my head in my, in my former life to uh, ever consider <laughs> doing something uh, like that, too. But you mentioned a couple names there. Ron Price, PGA Tour COO, and Jimmy Dunn. I want to hear from both these guys before we uh, start discussing what went down at the U.S. Senate. First, let's hear from Ron Price. We believe we've done everything we could possibly do to defend what we stand for including spending tens of millions of dollars to defend litigation instigated by LiveGolf. And that's significant funds that were diverted away from our core mission to benefit our players and charity. As part of the litigation, we were successful in securing a court ruling that the public investment fund was not protected under sovereign immunity with respect to litigation discovery and potentially liability. That's something which had never been done before in the United States. Meanwhile, we've seen continued strength of the tour, thanks to the loyalty, talent, and performance of the remarkable players we are proud to call members of the PGA Tour. A lot to take in there. So from what, what I'm getting from this, Bob, is that the PGA Tour was hurting financially and hurting in a, a big way and this framework agreement not merger which we're going to get into framework agreement was essentially critical to try to expand and live the way we the pga tour has been living in terms of purse sizes and that sort of thing do you agree with that yeah i think in a big picture i would the you know uh, Basically, what it comes down to to me is I think that the PGA Tour knew that Live Golf was going to spend a whole bunch of money in golf. Uh, and so if they're going to spend that money, you've got to be on their side. Otherwise, they're just going to run right over you. And, and now, you know, um, the numbers, there were some numbers floated around about a billion and two billion dollars and things that went on the Senate. So, but, but in my opinion, you're right. They, they had spent a ton of money on litigation, on lawyers and fees and things like that. They had spent a lot of money on elevating purses. They'd gone into their reserves to try and spend money on that. So it's true. They were, they were, I don't say they were running out of money, but I think that they could not keep up at that pace and try to match with, uh, with what Liv was spending because they had the deep pockets of the PIF behind them. And a couple of quotes from Jimmy Dunn before we actually hear from him. Basically, he was saying, and I'm quoting him here, actually, Liv lit us on fire. And he said, if they take five players from the PGA Tour each of the next five years, they can gut us. Those are lines from Jimmy Dunn. Of course, he mentioned a PGA Tour policy board. He had a big part in this framework agreement initially uh, coming together with, of course, the governor of the PIF, Yasser Al-Rumayan. Let's hear now from Jimmy Dunn. We have no agreement. We have, uh, uh, we, have an ag we have agreement to possibly get to an agreement. So I think every, the way it was announced, which was really bad, okay, Everybody jumped to a conclusion, maybe even this body, that, you know, they're selling to the we're, you know, we're not, you know, and but we are really trying to figure out the right thing to do for our players and, and, and the global game of golf. 
And by the way, we will try hard to get an agreement. And, and, and I'm, I'm not, I'm hopeful that we will. If we don't, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to go through some other, we'll have to accept that we're going to have to go back and compete and we'll have to do it and we'll do it. Interesting statements there from Jimmy Dunn. And one thing we do know is that when this announcement was released to the public the Tuesday of the RBC Canadian Open, while we were live on radio and television, may I add, and while, Bob, you were just coming from some sort of RBC corporate event where many players were there, they didn't have any idea that this was going down and some of the documents released included what was supposed to be a play-by-play of that day including that cnbc interview with jay monahan and yasser which might have been some of the cringiest television we've ever seen in terms of softball questions that sort of thing supposed to be you know all friendly yada 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 that was supposed to apparently that was supposed to air later in the day but eh, they said, you know what, scrap that, CNBC, we're going to air that live. Were you surprised to see that level of detail released in the document, especially the day that the golf world was flipped upside down, essentially? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think that, that, to me, the documentation in that 275-page memorandum was, to me, more interesting than what was actually happened on the day. Now, here's an interesting part that I actually didn't even think about this until uh, earlier on. But there, in, in one of the documentations, it's got Jay Monahan's call list. So when he wakes up Tuesday morning, he's got to call these people. And one of them on there was RBC. And I was in a room before our event uh, that took place with, it was an RBC corporate event. I was in with a, with a number of the players, as well as Dave McKay, and who was the CEO uh, the chairman of, of uh, RBC, and he said, isn't that interesting, the PGA Tour, I just got a call here from the PGA Tour, he didn't accept the call, he didn't take it because he was with his clients and the players and stuff like that, and going back, that's probably was Jay Monahan calling him to give him the heads up that was going on. The other thing that happened in that was that Rory McIlroy was at that event, now he had been tipped off earlier in the day, he had a call before he left for the RBC event from Jimmy Dunn, so he did know, he was the one player who did know but I can tell you, to the best of my knowledge, he didn't tell any of the other players. And I left when they started to go and play. I was just emceeing a, a sort of a fireside chat, if you will. And none of the players there knew. But I can tell you, Corey Connors, who was there, told me afterwards. He says, yeah, I dropped you. Corey Connors gave me a ride back from the range to my car. And then he went to the hole that he was starting on. And he said, like, 30 seconds after I dropped you off, the bomb dropped. And he said it was the hardest day for all these players because they've got this news and all they want to do is talk and find out. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was sort of a, um, a fast unveiling that a lot of players didn't know about. I mean, I'll never forget that day for a multitude of different reasons. I'll never forget you running into our, our set right by the ring hole there where we had a guest on our show, and I was reading these tweets coming in, of course, we're live on TV, and my, my facial reaction went viral uh, pretty quickly with my jaw sort of like, oh, my God, am I actually reading the truth here? And then you saying, hold, hold the phone, hold the phone. This has gone down, and the words that we kept on seeing, and we're talking about really that day and, and perhaps throughout the week too, was merger, 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 merger. This is not a merger. 
This is not a merger. That, that, that day, the big headline on CNBC was PGA Tour live merger. That was the Chiron to, for a, a little TV talk there. That, that's what it said on the screen. PGA Tour live merger. This ain't that. This is all a framework agreement, which it seems anyway, and we just heard those comments from Jimmy Dunn that is a little more clear now that this is nowhere near a merger. Not not in the slightest, and it, it still won't be a merger even when this, if it unravels as they they hope it will, or, or un, unrolls, I guess, not unravels. Um, but essentially, it's it's they have agreed in principle to make an agreement. And I thought Jimmy Dunn in that clip that we just played said it the best. He said, you know, this is an agreement that hopefully will get us to an agreement. And it's also a, he said later in the thing, which a quote that I used in the story that I wrote on score golf or uh, score golf on TSN.ca. <laughs> There's a faux pas there uh, was, was essentially, you know, we have a, we have a framework agreement in place. Everything is, everything else is aspirational. And in this document, which you can get, uh, you can get this document online anywhere you want, but it, it goes through the various versions of the back and forth uh, between the word in the wording on this ag- framework agreement. And it's very interesting to look at some of the things that we're in, how they're trying to work this. But essentially, there's there's no there there yet. This could easily unravel. This could could might get not go any further. And there is no nothing yet that says, OK, well, in 2020. Four, we're going to have uh, this whole thing in place right now. I doubt they'll have anything in place for 2024. I imagine both PGA Tour and Live will continue to operate, and maybe in 25, if things go that way, then you'll have something. But this, this is uh, it's, it's still a long way from being settled. It's certainly a long way from being settled. And on the other side, we're going to continue discussing this, and including what was in the proposal in terms of live golf, in terms of prominent stars. Were they going to own teams? Were they going to play up to 10 live events? And were, were, was a green jacket membership at Augusta National? Was all of that included? We're going to discuss that, of course, a little later on Golf Talk Canada. We will talk about the Genesis Scottish Open. This is a huge week on the PGA Tour in Scotland, co-sanctioned by the DP World Tour, of course, too. Many of the top players in the world, including Scotty Scheffler, is back in the field, but we're going to take a very, very deep dive into this propo- the proposed proposal, if you will, on what went down uh, at that USN. We'll discuss that much more next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit jpsmgolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. 
For much more on JPSM's products, latest products, check out our episode on television a little later this afternoon, 1 p.m. TSN 4, 10 p.m. TSN 2. Mark Sakino went one-on-one with Joseph McLucky, who is the owner of JPSM Golf. Some very cool products there. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Scully and Weeks alongside talking about the three-hour meeting between members of the PGA Tour Policy Board and the U.S. Senate, 276, only 276 pages released in a document that Bob read each and every one of them. We're going to quiz him a little later in the show. No, we're not going to do that. But a lot of things came from this document talking about the framework agreement between the PGA Tour and the PIF. Not merger, agreement, framework agreement. And one of those things was some of the proposals that were included uh, between uh, Yasser, the uh, PIF uh, governor, and sort of to try to merge the two together, essentially. Uh, One of those was Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods, because those are two of, you would very likely say, the most influential players on the PGA Tour. We're still calling Tiger Woods a player. He's still trying to play golf. He is in recovery mode right now. But for these guys to both own a live team and play in 10 live golf events. Now, given the comments we heard from Rory at the RBC Canadian Open, both during your one-on-one interview with him, Bob, and to the media where he said, and I'm quoting him here, I still hate live golf. Do you think both of their minds just collectively exploded when they saw what this proposal was all about? (laughs) I think they probably laughed more than anything. I mean, let's put this a little bit into perspective. So there's a back and forth, obviously, when you're trying to do something like this and you shoot high and then try to bring it down. And it's essentially... One ended up happening was um, one of the organizations associated with PIF put together a best of both worlds document, which listed kind of their blue sky. This would be the greatest thing in the world if all this kind of happened, and and it listed in there uh, that uh, that that Roy McIlroy and Tiger Woods were to own uh, live teams and were to agree to participate in ten live events. And first of all. The, this is going to sound crazy, but the first thing that went through my mind was, I wonder what the names of their teams would be for Tiger and oh. Rory, right? That's a, okay, that would be that would be kind of interesting to figure out. Anyway, but but they you know they had a whole list of things in there that that went down, and and the PGA Tour countered where they wanted a side agreement that said, um, yeah, and Greg Norman is going to be terminated as of you know such and such a date that this this agreement gets put into uh, into action. So. I mean, there's a lot of crazy things that go into these, and I don't think anyone really thinks that they're going to be all that realistic. The other one that you made reference to was that they would, the parties would somehow find a way to get uh, Yasser El Roman to get a, a membership as in the RNA and also at Augusta National. So, <laughs> I mean, first of all, anytime something like that comes out, then that's like the kiss of death for your membership at Augusta National. If you have to ask for a membership, you're not going to get a membership, as some other people, well-off people have found out. But, you know, these are pie-in-the-sky things, but they did make for interesting reading, for sure. Like, you sit there and, and think about it, and like as you said, Rory and Tiger must have been just going like, what are you talking about? Are you kidding me? Um, so so it's, it, was, it was good reading, but I don't think there was, I don't even think the people who wrote that thought that there was going to be any real chance of any of it happening. 
Right. They were just it was wishful thinking, uh, to put it that way. Now, one thing that I, I did find was pretty cool, and if something like this were to happen at some point, it would be, I think, really excellent, would be uh, a PGA Tour, live LPGA, all sanctioned together, uh, live draft, 16 teams. This literally, Bob, would be the best players in the world, male and female, coming together. We've seen these live drafts in terms of you know fantasy fantasy teams like sometimes or, or all-star teams in the nba it's worked really well when you have guys like lebron james and yonza tenacupo picking their teams on live tv when the nhl's tried it in the past i feel like they've given out too much beer to the players before the live draft on tv and you got phil kessel and you got these guys who are you know the last player selected they get like a honda civic or something it was just like super cringy but i mean i mean like the thought of this coming together this would be pretty cool i think yeah i think it's awesome awesome you get to, i think they had the the dp world tour live pga and lpga and you make four player teams and i think that would be kind of cool and, you know, one of the things that's, that also is in this document somewhere in there is that the combination tour events like this and what would be, what would be I guess, calling it Live 2.0 team events would happen in the, what we know as the, the, you know, the silly season in the fall after the PGA Tour playoffs are all done. And that's when they would put some of these kind of events in there. And if there's ever something you need to make people watch on TV at that time of year when you're going up against the NFL – those kind of things would make sense, right? I mean, that's the coolest thing. Like, remember, we had good ratings for Tiger and his son playing because it was different. It was unusual. It was, you know, not the week-in, week-out PGA Tour event or a major championship, for that matter. It was neat, and I'd love to see an event like that. So there's some, there's some creative thinking that's going on in these documents and, and behind the scenes. You wonder, too, if this were ever to happen during, like you said, the silly season or fall portion of the schedule, if they were to move it around to end it on a Friday, to, to end it on you know midweek instead of ending it uh, on a Saturday in the U.S. against college football or on a Sunday when you're going up against the NFL where the ratings just clearly aren't as good because a lot of people would much rather watch the NFL or college football, especially in the U.S., uh, during those two days. So that's interesting going forward. Now, before we really turn the corner and talk about the Genesis Scottish Open, there's one name that we've only mentioned maybe once or twice in this show who has played a, a critical a critical part with Live Golf, and that's Greg Norman, who is a polarizing figure in the game of golf. He has been forever in terms of when he came up in the game with the big hat and he would swing out of his shoes and he was an excellent player, a world number one for quite some time. And then off the golf course, he's always, he, he's always not minced words. He's always sort of done things his own way. And that's where Liv came up, of course, and wanting to, you know, talking about independent contractors and everything that we spoke about, Greg Norman, and on and on and on. But the big question is, moving forward here, what is going to happen to Greg Norman? Do you think he'll be out of a job once or if this framework agreement does come together? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Now, the, you know, in the documents there were, as I mentioned, there was a, one part of this sort of a side agreement they wanted that Greg Norman would be terminated. But essentially, I think the way the PGA Tour is trying to spin it is that uh, when, when, under this agreement, they would sort of take over operation of live. And they have a whole bunch of people and teams and stuff in place that, that can do those kind of jobs. In fact, it was, there was a memorandum that goes back and forth 
uh, between Jimmy Dunn and another one of the independent board directors that says that they would take over operating Live Golf, believe it or not, or overseeing it, maybe not operating it, but overseeing it. And so I think, um, I think the PGA Tour would love not to have Greg Norman around for all the trouble he's caused, for all, not trouble, but all the uh, things he said, the harsh words. It's caused them trouble in their own ways. But it's, he's, not been a very, he's not been a very warm and cuddly figure. And my own experience, I can, I can attest to that. And, and anyway, he's, he's kind of a guy that, uh, that I think the PGA Tour would like to get rid of. And so they put, tried to put that in. I think if they do come to some sort of a formal agreement, there will be a uh, an end of of uh, Greg Norman's tenure with uh, with Liv. Well, this is a story that is going to continue developing. Is we're going to learn more details. I'm sure there'll be another 276 page document coming out that Bob will read every word and he will give us a detailed book report on what has gone down. But uh, a wild day in the golf world that was this past Tuesday. A lot of weird Tuesdays this year uh, throughout the world of golf, and it gives us all the content in the world to talk about. Now, speaking of content, big event on the PGA Tour this week, the Genesis Scottish Open on the other side. We are going to take a deep dive discussing the favorites, some dark horses, and the three Canadians who are in the field in Scotland. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by JPSM Golf. Offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score. Good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. This is our first leg of our Golf Talk Canada triple header across the TSN network today. We're on from now until noon right here on TSN 1050. 1 p.m. TSN 4. 10 p.m. on TSN 2. And this week we have the Genesis Scottish Open. Many of the top players in the world are in the field as a tune-up to get set for the 151st Open Championship get going on next week. I don't know about you, Bob, but I love this time of year because you get to get the pot of coffee going, maybe some scrambled eggs, maybe some eggs Florentine. That might be a little bold, but you get, you get to watch breakfast and live golf at the same time. I, I know you're not going over there this year, but th- this is the next best thing, right, to be sitting and watching live golf that early in the morning. I never figured you for an eggs Florentine guy, Skulls. I always thought maybe you'd be like a protein shake or something like that in the morning or whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah it's always good to kind of have, like they said, you know, it's, it's sort of golf version of breakfast at Wimbledon. And you get two weeks of it here because really it starts at, I think, 2.45 tonight is the, or a.m. this morning, tomorrow morning, uh, on, uh, on TSN+. Plus. So you could watch it if you wanted to get up. And if you're in the West Coast, it's not too bad, right? You're uh, 11 p.m. or somewhere in there and... Um, yeah, it's good. It's fun for a couple of weeks of the year and get everything done by 12, 1 o'clock, and then you can go out and play golf. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. And I, I, have, I have fond memories years ago where I offered to be the, the early guy in terms of writing on SportsCenter, where I would go in when the coverage began at 1.30 a.m. 
Eastern time. I would go in and start watching the first eight hours of coverage, 1.30 a.m. Eastern to 6.30 a.m. Over in, overseas, generally in Scotland uh, or in, in that sort of region anyway. And I'd be going walking into the newsroom as the loop show, the 1 a.m. Sports Center was still taping, and I'd be all chipper and, hey, guys, how are you? And everyone was all sleepy, that sort of thing. But some, some fond memories, <laughs> uh, that, that's for sure, uh, with uh, writing uh, for Sports Center. But getting back to this week, Genesis Scottish Open. Surprise, surprise, Scotty Scheffler, the betting favorite, at plus 700. Now, we know T. to Green, he's having an historically incredible season. But on the green is where there have been some, you could call it issues, but given the amount of greens he hits, his putting stats just aren't going to be as good as other people because he's hitting you know 14 15 greens around my, my question to you though is generally the greens have to be slower in scotland because of the high winds it's just different golf obviously do you think slower greens could potentially help a guy like scheffler for this two-week stretch uh i always think that they can help you from a uh from a hesitancy standpoint. So, you know, when you go on fast greens, like at Augusta National, you got a downhill slider or something, you know, you're very, you got to be very nervous and it's very easy to sort of decelerate or open the face or close the face as you're coming through because you're being so worried about the touch. I find for me personally, anyway, that you can, when you can hit it a little bit harder on slower greens that I find I putt a little bit better, whether that's the same for Scotty Scheffler, I don't know. But there are certain players who definitely putt better on the slower greens over there. I would say that in a lot of cases, and I don't know the Renaissance course all that well, the greens are a little bit flatter um, because a lot of them are a lot bigger. So you have to hit them a long way. Not, not all of them. Obviously, there's some, some big humps and bumps and swales and things over there. But I find that might help him as well. Uh, I got my fingers crossed because I've picked them. But I think... I think uh, I think it'll be interesting uh, to see how he does react. He's 131st in strokes gained putting. And that's not, you know, I think everything else he's got on there is in the top 10 or top 15 on the strokes gained uh, card. So, as you said, it's a little bit misleading because of how many greens he hits. But still, boy, if the guy could sink one more putt or, or use one fewer stroke on the, with the putter per round, just think what that would mean. He'd have nine wins probably this year alone just given how well he has played, how many times he's in one shot out of a playoff or runner-up finish, that sort of thing. Scotty Scheffler, plus 700 right now on FanDuel. Second betting favorite, Rory McIlroy, plus 850 right now on FanDuel. Seeing some quotes now online. He refused to answer questions about what went down, what we spent the first half an hour of our show talking about, so he has not... He's elected not to talk about that at this particular moment. So we won't talk about Rory off the golf course. But on the golf course, after a weird start to the year, missing the cut at the Players' Championship by a lot, missing the cut at the Masters as well. His last five starts, T7, T7, T9, second, T7. Turned a corner here a little bit. We know the major drought for Rory, how long it's been since 2014 at the PGA Championship. Given how well he has played, how do you like Rory heading into this two-week stretch? I like Rory a lot. I think one of the biggest things for me is that he's rested now. He, he played uh, four tournaments in a row. He said he told me he's only done that once 
he did it the year before during that Canadian Open, U.S. Open stretch, PGA Championship stretch. And I think that he, you know, you just listed off those finishes that he had. Those are all pretty good finishes. And, and for him now to come in uh, back to some Lynx golf, which he loves, and, and being refreshed, I, I really like his chances. We'll, we'll see what comes out of the bag because you just never know with Rory what part of his game might be working great or what might not be working all that well. Um, but I, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty bullish on him this week. Yeah, Rory McIlroy plus 850 right now on FanDuel. And another player coming in I want to talk about because we're going to skip past Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley, who are both plus 1,400, tied for the third shortest odds. Shoffley, the defending champion here. But arguably the hottest player in the world right now, you could say, is one Ricky Fowler, who... The how how his world ranking has changed has obviously shifted with his odds because Ricky Fowler has the fifth shortest odds tied with Victor Hovland and Tyrrell Hatton right now to win this week. And if you had said that one year ago that Ricky Fowler enters a big tournament like this with the fifth shortest odds, you might think I you might you might look at me like I have seven heads. But Ricky Fowler is back. Ricky Fowler won at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Ricky Fowler has a host of top tens this season ricky fowler won this tournament back in 2015 ricky fowler has done well over in europe he's done well at the open championship all that being said he's a different ricky fowler how do you like him for this two-week stretch starting this week at the renaissance club i like him uh he's i think i think it's easy to sort of look and just say well he's got the win at detroit that was kind of a breakthrough but but if you look at his season it's been really solid and, uh, you know, I th- we're sort of, we always make the mistake of saying, oh, he's back. But I think he's been back for a while, this, really, this year, almost the, over the whole year. And again, as you point out, good, uh, good finishes in um, major championships. In fact, we talked about Rory winning the uh, last major in 2014. The guy who was runner-up at the Open Championship that year was none other than Ricky Fowler. So um, he's got a good record in Lynx golf. I saw he was over there with the boys uh, playing a little bit of, uh, golf around the Scotland area and areas where near to the Renaissance Club. And I'm not saying that incorrectly, by the way. That's the way they pronounce it, the Renaissance Club. I'm pretty and sure so, I said um, it incorrectly there, but I tried. I tried my best. Did you, it's just, I mean, it's, the word is Renaissance, so, but, but they don't like it like that. So anyway, um, but I, yeah, I think why, why wouldn't you like him? Why wouldn't you pick him? He's, he's played great golf. Yeah, certainly has. And, and to your point about playing other courses in the Scotland area, the same thing when, I mean, I, I have a personal experience, but going to the 2019 Open at Royal Portrush where the Saturday before the tournament, we were heading up to one of the, the golf courses and we noticed a commotion on the first tee, you know, 20, 30 people watching and we turn up, oh, it's, oh, it's just Jordan Spieth, Jordan Spieth teeing off at Port Marnock, two groups ahead of us. You know, Jordan, hopefully you don't hold us up here. Jordan did take a breakfast ball that day. I want you to know, Bob, he did take a breakfast ball. This was more when Jordan Smith was more struggling uh, with his game, and he did hit a pretty quick hook off that tee, I will say. Not that I didn't about 25 minutes later, but uh, it was cool to see. (laughs) It's great to see these guys going around and playing different courses. We talked at length on both television and radio that they uh, Fowler and JT and Smith went to Wimbledon too. Yes, that's right. And uh, PGA golfers are just like us, right? And uh, by the way, did you notice that uh, 
remember it was JT or Ricky. One of them was using a pole cart when they were yes, playing. I think they, they played both a were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That was... So as I say, PGA Tour players, they're just like us. Maybe Absolutely. we should maybe we should introduce them to. Uh, we got to introduce them to uh, to JPSM. Yes. Get them a, okay. Get them a that, Mark Sakino's over there. I'll, I'll I'll put a I'll put a I'll talk to him about that uh, as we move forward. Oh, no, that's pretty funny to see them uh, use uh, push cart uh, push carts <laughs> as they prepare for the Genesis uh, Scottish Open. Now there are three Canadians in the field this week: Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, and Nick Taylor. And all three of these guys have obviously won this season on the PGA Tour. Corey Connors' odds this week are plus 5,500, the shortest of all the Canadians. Nick Taylor at 190 to 1. Wow. Mackenzie Hughes, 320 to 1. Double wow. Of those three, who do you expect to perform the best this week? Um, good question, man. I think I'm going to go with Corey Connors. I think that Corey has, um, Corey's played well over, over there before. Mac has played well over there too before. So they've both got some good pedigree and Nick Taylor is probably having the best year of the three of them, but you can make it. So here I am obfuscating. You can, uh, you can really make a case for any of them, but I would go with Corey Connors because I think he's had the most consistently good year so far amongst those three. Of note, by the way, I should point out that uh, Adam Hadwin is the second alternate right now for the Open Championship. I texted him and asked him if he was going to go over. He says if he gets to the first alternate, he'll fly over. If not, he's going to sit it out. I looked through the last couple of years. There's always like two or maybe three players that do um, pull out. You know, some guy pulls a hammy or some guy's got a bad back or something like that. So uh, maybe Adam Hadwin is hoping for a little bit of uh, of that magic to happen and he can play in the Open and make it make it a foursome yeah definitely and you know Mackenzie Hughes does have the greatest ever finish by a Canadian born player at the Open Championship a T6 a couple of years ago when Colin Morikawa won the Claret Jug that week so hopefully we see a Canadian in the mix not only this week but next week at the Open Championship 2. Bob that's it for you this morning but Later on this afternoon, we have not only speed golf, but we have three handicap. And the last couple of weeks, we've we've picked, uh, I want to say, one of three, maybe zero of three. Uh, in terms of what we do, for those who don't know what three handicap is, we take three groups, three three balls, if you will, and we each pick a winner from that group. We try to parlay it together and hopefully help you win some moolah. So what do you say, Bob? Hopefully today we, we can uh, turn our corner here and, and, and pick three winners. I feel, I feel like we're going to get back on track because we have had a few good ones this year, and uh, it's always tough to pick golf. As, as someone said to me, it's like trying to pick one horse in a 156-horse race. We're only picking one out of three, but still, yes, I feel the momentum. I feel we're going to do something this week, Adam. I feel like we are too, and just a little teaser for our audience, there is some value this week too. So stay tuned to FanDuel. Actually, it actually might be on FanDuel already, but stay tuned to tsn.ca for our hit a little later today. Of course, Bob and I will be on Speed Golf on tsn.ca and SportsCenter too. Bob, thanks for your time this morning. We'll see you a little later for Speed Golf. Okay, on the other side, we're going to turn our attention to 20 weeks of TaylorMade, where this week we're giving away a TaylorMade Stealth 2 Plus 
driver. And during our next segment, we're going to learn all about this driver and the main technology points behind this driver. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Well, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues throughout the summer right here on GTC. This season, we are giving away over $40,000 in TaylorMade products. And this week, you can win a TaylorMade Stealth 2 driver all you have to do go to our website click the 20 weeks of tailor-made tab sign up for our fantasy pool and the driver could be yours it's totally free to sign up it's easy for much more on the driver we are giving away this week here's mark zucchino with brian basil from tailor-made all right Baz, here we go again another exciting year for tailor-made and it's about forgiveness what is forgiveness well it's forgiveness through more carbon what's the story this year yeah i mean forgiveness is the easiest way to put it right it's far and it's forgiving you need to kind of mash them together in a good tailor-made fashion and and there you have the improvement year on year so how were you able to use more carbon what's different in the construction this yeah. year for stealth 2 which is really you know off the heels of a huge success with stealth 1 yeah, if you think about Stealth 1, I mean, it had taken 20 years to get to this place where we introduced the carbon face, a 60-layer carbon-compressed carbon face, which is lighter than titanium. It provided that better energy transfer and better speed. Okay, now, if you go back a year in Sim 2, we had a radically different construction. Every piece uh, uniquely designed in the construction of the head to bring a bunch of forgiveness. So in many ways, it's the combination of those two things coming into Stealth 2. Now there's more to it than that, but in, that, in some form, it's sort of Sim 2 and Stealth 1 kind of coming together to the starting place of Stealth 2. Let's start with the Stealth 2 Plus, because mm -hmm. there's three models we want to go through. Let's start with the Plus, because I've always been a player inside the Team TaylorMade family that likes the adjustability. There's cer certainly plenty of it with the Plus. Yeah, no doubt about it. So I'm holding the Stealth 2 Plus right here. First and foremost, you see that red face. We've done a couple subtle tweaks to the shape of the head uh, over Stealth 1. The toe kind of comes down a little bit. The red's a little bit more tonal. The face is actually a couple grams lighter. Why do we do that? We actually do that to, again, improve that energy transfer. And the topography of the face has changed. It's actually thinner on the outside. And so that also brings speed on off-center shots. Now. When you look at the crown and the shape, it's beautiful. This sort of piano black with the, with the matte front section, really clean to look at. But in the Plus model in particular, you're seeing it. You're seeing a bunch of carbon right in the center of the head. And this whole back section, minus this weight, is less than a quarter of the weight of the head. So it makes up to almost the entire area. The reason we do that is because we get to put the heavier stuff right here and here, which stabilizes the head. Okay, so now we have a more forgiving head, and now we have adjustability as well. So you have a 15 gram weight, then go left to right. You can kind of dial in your ball flight. With Five the grams bottle. heavier than last year? 
It is five grams heavier. Uh, it's a little bit wider, so it doesn't have as much of the play, but you do get a little bit more left to right than you did last year, which is super cool. But you also get the benefits of a bigger sweet spot because of the forgiveness in this head. Adjustable loft sleeve as well. So the player that chooses the plus wants to fine tune ball shape yep. and, and wants to be able to tinker, maybe you know, change the driver a bit, bit of a chameleon in a sense. No doubt about it. So you have a lot of adjustability. You have the plus or minus two degree sleeve here. You can go, you can change lie angle, you can change face angle and loft. You have the movable weight. We also have a 15 gram weight in the back as well. Um, you also have all the shafts. I mean, the player that really wants to dial it in, this is the one to do it. This is our lowest spinning model of the three, and so it starts in that place. You can change loft, of course, but this is gonna be the most penetrating ball flight of the three drivers. All right, so then we go to Stealth 2, right. which we are giving up adjustability, but we're getting forgiveness. Yeah, so as you work your way through the three models, here you can see we've lost the adjustability, but I'm gonna draw attention to something that was in the plus model as well, is the speed pocket here. So that adds even more speed low on the face. But that extra weight that was in the track, we basically take that out and move that into the back weight. There's a 25 gram weight back here. And so you have this incredibly forgiving package between all the carbon and the crown, the sole, a carbon composite ring in the back, and all the heavy weight is the collar that holds the light face and the back weight. So you have a super stable club, a fast face, right? Carbon's a fast face. Um, so the combination of those two things, we said it before, forgiveness. And with the loft sleeve, it still opens the face slightly when you dial down and closes it slightly as you dial up. So there's still some adjustability in terms of face angle to promote draw or fade. I know you don't have as much as you do in the plus, but there's still some options. No doubt about it, right? Just generally, this, this head's gonna spin a little bit more, a couple hundred RPMs more than the, the plus model. It has a little bit more draw bias than the plus model. And then to your point, Mark, you've got the 12 position loft sleeve. So you have 12 places you could actually adjust this to lower the loft if you open it up or close the face a little bit and, and get that ball flight up. Are, we, are yep. we seeing both models on tour? We are seeing both models on tour. Yeah, we're having a lot of success. You know, you got the Stealth Plus in like Colin Morikawa's bag, but they're having, they we're having a lot of success on both sides. I mean, you, you've got so many options within this. In fact, actually in the HD model, we've got Nelly Corda in the HD model. So all three of these heads are on tour right now. Wow, because that's where I was going next. And, and I didn't ask that question about the HD because I didn't think I'd get that answer, Baz, because I look at that HD and I know a bunch of players back at home that uh, should immediately go to this golf club. This is high draw, easy to hit. Uh, this is just the easiest uh, number in, in, in the line to just square up for the average golfer, is it not? No doubt about it. Okay, there are more people out in, in the golfing world that can benefit from the HD. HD stands for high draw. And what do we do in this head? We basically are gonna provide that golfer more of a benefit to take them off, if you're a right-handed player, off the right side of the golf course, where they typically fight it. Left-handed, obviously the opposite, but we put more weight in the back. We shift the whole inertia generator in the heel a little bit more. So now you've got a 30 gram weight of tungsten back here. This is the highest inertia, the highest, most forgiving head of the, of the bunch. And it provides you a little higher flight and a little bit more left. I'm gonna tell you right now, I know this is a home run. I played golf yesterday with Adam Scully and he <laughs> kept it in the ballpark all day. You don't know what kind of endorsement that actually is, Bass. <laughs> well, we're happy to do it and we're gonna to continue to, to, to press on that and help golfers like Scully uh, play better golf for sure.
Well, they're not wrong about that. Let me tell you, I've really enjoyed my experiences here hitting the Stealth 2 Plus driver. That wraps up Hour 1 here on Golf Talk Canada. Hour 2 starts off with Mark Sacchino, who is in Scotland for the Genesis Scottish Open. We'll talk about what went down at the U.S. Senate. We'll also chat about this week's field because, boy, oh, boy, it's a good one. We'll see you for Hour 2 coming up next. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in a studio. This is our first leg of our triple header on this lovely Wednesday for now in the GTA. Anyway, I know the forecast is set to potentially change as the weekend comes with more rain, perhaps some electricity in the area too. But we're on from now until noon right here on TSN 1050. Then we're going to be on at 1 p.m. on TSN 4, and then 10 p.m. on TSN 2, where we're going to be taking a very um, in-depth look at the Genesis Scottish Open, what's going on this week uh, on the PGA Tour. Many of the top players in the world are playing this week. One guy who's not playing, we haven't mentioned yet, is John Rahm, but of course John Rahm will be playing at the Open Championship next week and Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, guys like that in the field at the Genesis Scottish Open. Another person who has made his way over to Scotland is our own Mark Sacchino who is in Scotland covering the Genesis Scottish Open. Mark, welcome to the show. How are your travels over to Scotland? I have no idea what day or time it is, Adam. I'm completely Perfect. disheveled other than that. <laughs> Everything is, is fine. So um, the sun was out today, which is great, but there's been a ton of rain. So golf course is a lot softer than it was last year. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens the rest of the way. But there is rain in the forecast, so probably not going to firm up like it did uh, in the 22 edition. But other than that, golf course looks good. Should be a fun week. So rain in the forecast, is there also wind? Like, Are, are we expecting to see some carnage perhaps in the TV windows? You possibly, when you consider last year, you know, it was you know, you know, warm and sunny really for four days. And I think single digits, what one, we're still in single digits in the, in the winning score. And now, you know, this year, uh, we're probably going to have uh, Mother Nature play a, play a part at some, time, so, uh, at some points throughout the tournament. So it could start to get really interesting. The field's fantastic. I mean, 
really, John Rahm, when you go up and down the board, there's not many uh, names missing. Rahm is the one that kind of leaps out, Not is not here, but Rory was out there today in the Pro-Am, Shoffley, Cantley, Fowler, Thomas, Spieth, I mean, uh, Scotty Scheffler back playing this week. So, I mean, it is not technically a designated event, but leading in the Open Championship, this, uh, you know, this, this could be a great week. I, the golf course is interesting in the sense that it's not pure links. Uh, it, it's more of kind of a Parkland, half Parkland, half links looking golf course. There are pot bunkers you need to avoid. Uh, there's certainly a tons of fescue out there. A lot of it wispy, Skelly. You get it? There is going to be some luck into play. If you hit into some of the wispy stuff, you, you might be okay, but there are some patches out there where you just happen to hit the wrong pot, patch at the wrong time and uh, you can uh, hold it go sideways on you. Uh, so it's going to be, it should be a fun watch. Okay. Yeah. Looking forward to, to watching it. And I, I, I love watching uh, golf uh, over in Scotland, whether it's an event like this or even the, the DP world tour too. But you mentioned some of the top names in the field there this week. And obviously yesterday was a big one in terms of the hearing, the Senate with the PGA tour. Now Bob and I spent half an hour being lawyers essentially on this show talking about what, <laughs> what went down. But my question to you, Mark is what, if any kind of buzz has there been about what happened with the U S Senate on Tuesday? Um, you know, most of the conversation here has just been kind of like almost laughing a little bit at some of the stuff that came out, you know, in terms of the, yeah, we're going to get Tiger to all of a sudden play 10 live events a year. Like that, that was a pretty funny uh, concept that came out of, uh, of the hearings. A lot of the information that came out, is, you know, people are still guessing on what things are going to look like. You and Porter from uh, uh, DP World Tour also works with us on PGA Tour Live. We saw him today. He's like, so do you know when the schedule's coming out? We just kind of laugh going, <laughs> we have no idea what the next year's schedule is going to look like. So I think we're all still left with more questions than answers. Um, you know, it was interesting, the Greg Norman news. I guess we've kind of all been waiting for that in a way, right, Skulls? We kind of didn't think hmm. there was any way. Even when the, remember when the media release came out, his was the only name not listed in there. You know, Keith Gully, Jay Monahan. I mean, all the names, the expected names were in that original release, the week of the Canadian Open, and no Greg Norman. And then, of course, yesterday we find out the, of, of, a, of a side deal where, you know, the tour doesn't want him involved. And the more, listen, nobody knows anything, but the more I hear, and you read some of the language in there with Greg Norman gone and the DP World Tour, the PGA Tour, uh, putting best efforts, I think was the terminology, to uh, figure out how team golf is is kind of weaved throughout the European Tour schedule and PGA Tour schedule moving forward, best efforts. Sounds to me like, like this is the end of live. The more I... Reed, I don't know that. They haven't come out and said that, but with Greg Norman leaving and that kind of language in there, that they've got to kind of reimagine in their best efforts how team golf is involved with the schedules. Uh, I mean, Liv, especially as we know Liv, as, as this independent league that's playing, you know, in, in, at the same times a year as the European Tour, PGA Tour, I mean, you got to imagine that's over. Yeah, for, for sure. And, you know, there are certain things in that proposal talking about the possibility of some point somewhere where all 
top players in the world, both male and female, getting together for some sort of fun team event. That is a really cool pie-in-the-sky idea. Will it happen? I guess we will soon find out. But let's let's turn our attention now to where you are, in Scotland for the Genesis Scottish Open. And surprise, surprise, we look at the FanDuel betting odds, and Scotty Scheffler is the favorite at plus 700. <laughs> now, I, I asked this question to Bob, and I'm curious about your perspective, too. Given that it is Scotland, given that the Greens generally, for this two-week stretch we're going on here with the Genesis Scottish Open, the Open Championship, the Greens are slower because they have to be slower given the wins that are generally in the forecast and happen in Scotland. Given the slower Greens and given Scotty Scheffler's interesting year, putting, we'll put it lightly like that, do you think slower Greens could potentially help a guy like Scheffler this week and next week? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, we had this chat a few weeks ago, and it's like, I think a difference, a change, is going to help him regardless of anything. Just having a change is going to help. Now, here's the only thing. You look at his greatest putting performances, and even this year, you know, Players' Championship, he putted the lights out. Those greens are the last thing, furthest thing in the world from slow. Uh, Obviously, a Masters champion, you know, furthest thing in the world from slow greens. So, you know, you and I have had this chat over the years where so, so often tentative putters, but putters with very little hit in their strokes always, you know, have done well. Like Bubba Watson, never recognized as a great putter, multiple Masters champion. Justin Rose, you know, fought the short stick his whole career. Now, he never won at Augusta, but he did everything he thought. What's he got? Large bucket of top tens, top fives, et cetera. So um, I, I wonder sometimes if the slow greens – Aren't, aren't the opposite effect. You just got to, you know, you're going to win this week, and you're going to, or win next week. You're going to have to hit some, you know, confident, solid putts from underneath the hole that are likely going to be a lot slower and could be a bit of a bumpier ride than you've had uh, throughout the season. Of playing mostly on perfect greens on the PGA Tour, with the exception, obviously, of some, you know, stops on the West Coast. So, I, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, he's just so good at everything. This is, it's just a matter of time before he finds the winner's circle again. I think a little bit of the rest is going to help him. You know, look at Colin Morikawa last year. There's, you know, there's a guy that all of a sudden, you know, found his putting, sorry, two years ago, found his putting stroke on, on these greens, his last victory, right? There's a guy I'll be all over next week. I'm curious to see how many of us are on Morikawa when we get to the Open next week. So, but uh, I don't know. I think any kind of change is probably good. Uh, I'd like to see him try to shake things up a bit with what he's looking down at. Uh, we'll be, I'll be curious to see what, what, how he starts Thursday. You and I both uh, very curious for Scotty Scheffler, plus 700. Hasn't finished outside the top 12, oh, since mid-October. So Scotty Scheffler <laughs> playing, playing some great golf. Uh, so we go down the board here to Rory McIlroy. At plus 850, he has the second shortest odds to win this week. And after his, uh, call it weird start to the season, he has top 10 finishes in five consecutive starts. And we know what next week obviously means, Mark, with Rory McIlroy. He hasn't won a major since 2014. Another guy who was rested after that four-week consecutive tournament stretch that he went through that ended with the Travelers' Championship. Uh, how high are you on Rory McIlroy as we head into this busy two-week stretch? Mm, I, I'm, I still need to see more. Again, I mean, this is a completely isolated conversation, right? I mean, 
Rory plays for legacy. I think he proved that the, the way this game has changed in the last year and a half and what the world of professional golf has gone through. You know, he could have made different choices for large bucket, buckets of dough, and he did it because he plays for legacy. So for me, what he does this week, and it'd be great if he played well, and it'd be great if he won. Like, you know, there's, there was a ton of people following Rory today in the, the pro-am. You know, the majority of the, the, the bodies on the golf course were with Rory. But you, we all know he's playing again for next week, right? He wants to end the drought. He wants to end that major drought. He wants to build on his legacy, and he ain't going to do that here at the Scottish Open, unfortunately. You know, these guys are professional golfers. They play for wins. I get it. They play for money. I get all that. But like Rory said himself, he lives in the 20s. You know, 32 room house. He only uses five of the rooms. You know what I mean? Like, what's he going to do with the 27 other rooms? So, Rory's not. I won't say he's looking past this week. That's not. That's probably not the accurate thing to say. But he certainly wants to be get his game in shape to put it in a good place for next week. But Rory's entire career moving forward, it feels like right now, in terms of the way history looks at him and the way we will talk about him 10 years from now, 20 years from now, and beyond, is really going to be what he does four weeks a year. You know, you maybe you can throw a, you know, a Ryder Cup in there once in a while, and maybe the odd week here or there, you know, he's already won another FedEx Cup, so I don't know if that changes his legacy at all. I think it's really four weeks a year, unfortunately, for Rory McIlroy. This it just happens not to be one of them. However, again, though, you want to come out of your play well, and you'd certainly take the victory and be thrilled to get back in the winner's circle and get that jump in his step uh, heading into next week. It's been yeah, done totally before, right. right? Scottish Open Open Championship. It's been done before. It certainly has been done before. And Rory McIlroy right now at plus 850. The second shortest odds are right now. So I'm, I'm going to look down the board here, and I'm going to list the next six players who are uh, the favorites this week. We have Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley at plus 1,400 on FanDuel. Ricky Fowler, Victor Hovland, and Tyrrell Hatton at plus 1,800. What do all these players have in common, Mark? They all are looking for their first career major championship of those five five guys six guys five guys Patrick Kelly Xander Shoffley Ricky Fowler Victor Hovland Tyrrell Hatton who do you think comes out of this two-week stretch uh finishing the best whether it's a victory or a couple of good finishes you gotta like Ricky Fowler right now uh Carney Mark Carnival on my team this week Scully uh we were talking earlier that one of the first names out of his mouth was Ricky Fowler as well. Why not go with the hot hand, right? Yeah, he's coming off a win, but he's also done nothing but play exceptional golf this year and has contended in huge events. And we've got a big event this week and a big event next week. So, uh, and if he continues to roll the rock the way he's rolling it, then you got to like Ricky this week. Xander's the defending champion this week, but. I don't know. Out of those names right now, if we're saying, you know, who's going to pull the monkey off their back for the first major, uh, I'm going right now Ricky and, and Victor. You know, Victor always it just seems to me Hovland's always playing well. If there's a big event, you know he's playing well. So right now out of those names right there, best chance to come out of this stretch here with the monkey off their back. I, You know, I, I'm leaning hard. I Man, I might have Ricky on my team next week, Scully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I, I as you were talking, I'm. Th- I'm already thinking about brainstorming internally about who I'm going to have on my TSN Edge team next week. Ricky Fowler might have to be there. I'm definitely going to have a European player or two uh, on my squad next week as well. Okay, before we let you go, I'll talk, what about gotta, Tommy Fleetwood in, in the next two weeks? 
Yeah. I mean, no. yeah, he yeah. Had a, didn't play the, didn't have the travelers he wanted, but look at the stretch of golf he's coming through. Mm-hmm. And some of the big events he played well, Canadian Open, U.S. Open, obviously contending both. And, you know, obviously a multiple winner on the DP World Tour, never won on the PGA Tour, but has had great success around the world. And we've got two weeks in a row now with events where, you know, he's not on American soil. You know, Tommy Fleetwood has to be on, on the radar, you would imagine, the next week or so. And spoiler alert, Bob also has Tommy Fleetwood on his team this week. You and Bob both have Scheffler and Fleetwood this week. You guys differ where you have Cantlay and Bob has Matt Fitzpatrick uh, this week. Now, Mark, before we let you go, I I have to ask because you're in Scotland. It's a a different lifestyle there. It stays light, late. There's some great uh, nightlife, maybe potentially some different uh, nutritional plans, perhaps. What's the nightlife like for for you, for Mrs. Golf Talk Canada, for the squad there as you're in Scotland? Well, it hasn't really started yet because uh, everybody's still getting adjusted and has no clue what time it is and whatnot. But I have heard some vicious rumors, Scully, about some of the the nightlife and parties around our hotel and in this area. And on Saturday and Sunday, because of the, you know, the crazy time zone change in our broadcast, we don't go live until 3 p.m. on uh, Saturday uh, and Sunday. So Friday, Friday night and Saturday night, uh, we could throw it down here in Edinburgh. It could, it could get messy. We'll have to see. Um, there's some interesting clubs in the area. Interesting in air quotations. So we'll see. You know, if we can get into maybe some trouble and some of we'll we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. I'm I'm I've never worked this event before, so I'm just totally a passenger following the leader of my uh, of my teammates, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure we're going to get into it at some point. All, all I have to say is uh, that there was talk of me potentially being in Scotland with you on a completely completely yes, other I different venture. About it's, that. Yeah. No, it's it's probably a good thing that I'm not, Mark, because it would be <laughs> what we call a flashing green light situation if you catch my drift. I think it would be a little too much fun. But in any case, I know you're there for uh, for work. I hope you have a great time. I hope it's a great tournament. And next week, it's the Open Championship. It's the final men's major of the season. We'll have a full preview of that with you next week. Mark, thanks for your time, and have a great call throughout the week. Thanks, Skulls. Talk to you, brother. Yes, sir. That is Mark Zacchino at Z-Man Golf on the socials. On the other side, we're going to chat with Lucas Herbert, who is in the field this week, who has had a good year. He's hoping to play uh, some great golf here again moving forward, even for the President's Cup team on the international side as we head towards that in 2024. Lucas Herbert joins Golf Talk Canada next. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Well, if you're looking for a value play this week at the Genesis Scottish Open, how about Lucas Herbert? He's had a good season with a host of 
good worldwide finishes. And right now on FanDuel, his odds are 60 to 1 or plus 6,000 to win. And earlier this year, I had a chance to catch up with Lucas Herbert at the Adidas Global Golf Launch event. Alongside Lucas Herbert and Lucas, a night like this, the Adidas Global Launch, what's this like for you to see some of these new apparel, the apparel pieces and shoes, but now see it in 3D and everyone else wearing them too? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, I've seen a little bit of the stuff early on this year and obviously had a product meeting last week in Phoenix, but um, to be able to, yeah, like you said, see it in the flesh and then have everybody else see it as well, uh, it's a pretty cool experience just sort of seeing everyone's faces for the first time. So, yeah. What's your process like? putting a new shoe into play? Are you someone who has to test a little, you know, make sure it's comfortable, hitting different shots, side hill, uphill, that sort of thing? Or are you one just to put something into play right away? Um, I mean, it, it needs a little bit of testing. You can't go out there flying blind. Um, but, you know, it's got to look good for a start. As long as it looks good um, and then you put it on your feet, it's comfortable. From there, you can pretty much get, it, get used to whatever else you need to. So um, <clears throat> it does need a little bit of testing. You can't just, uh, I can't just pull them on Thursday this week and expect them to be, to be right. But, um, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty keen to adapt stuff and, uh, and get into stuff quickly when I can see that I like it. Now you've been with Team Adidas since turning professional. Mm. If you could pick one thing, what's your favorite thing about being a member of Team Adidas? Um, I think it's just great being a member of a, a company that, you know, does golf apparel and non-golf non apparel. Um, just the ability we have to be able to interact with other athletes throughout the world that are, um, you know, partners with Adidas uh, and just obviously be with, with a brand that, you know, streetwear, um, you know, casual wear, classier wear, golf wear, like it's it kind of got everything covered. You know, there's something that the brand makes for everything. Um, so I, I always feel like my suitcase is just full of Adidas stuff. It's just so easy to wear some of it um, and it just fits in so nicely to so much of your outfits. So, yeah, it's just I, I think that's probably the best bit about the company. Now, as we record here, we're early on in the season. How would you assess your place so far in 2023 on both tours? Yeah, it's been good to start. It's, um, you know, two third-place finishes to start. was really happy with. Um, you know, not quite the week I wanted in Phoenix. Just couldn't get anything going for me. But it's been a, a solid, strong start to the year. A uh, lot to build off going forward. A lot of confidence has given me going forward. So, um, yeah, looking forward to getting my teeth right into this season. You mentioned confidence there, and you've had a couple of good recent finishes in the majors as well. What have you learned from yourself during those performances that next time you're in the mix at a major, you can apply and get even further uh, in contention on the leaderboard? Yeah, not trying too hard. Uh, I think I tried too hard and put too much of an emphasis on the majors early on um, in my career, and I think you know the more that I've played now, the more they become a bit more normal. Um, you know, I, I feel a bit more comfortable at them. I feel like I can compete there. Obviously, like you said, I got the confidence from good results to know that I can compete there. Um, so, you know, it's kind of just getting out of my own way in some ways and um, just not making it feel any harder than it actually is. And finally, we're a Canadian show. Mm. We got to talk President's Cup. Mike Weir's the captain in 2024. How much motivation is there for you to be on that squad at Royal Montreal 2024? Absolutely. We got to keep beating these Americans. We got to start beating these Americans. Um, sick of handing that President's Cup over to them every year. Having Xander talk, uh, talk smack to me up there on stage. And we need to do something about this. I think, you know, Royal, Royal Montreal Golf Club in 2024. Mike Weir is captain. I think we got, we got a big chance going up there, um, you know, and we we got some good players if we keep uh, keep putting the effort, um, you know, and obviously all of us can keep pushing each other, get a good solid team together. Let's give these Americans a bit of a run. 
Well, Lucas, thanks for your time today. All the best here in 2023. Cool. Thank you, mate. That was Lucas Herbert, who finished T15 at the Travelers Championship in his last start. He also won earlier this year at the ISPS Honda Championship. So look out for Lucas Herbert potentially this week and next week, plus 6,000 right now on FanDuel. Now, speaking of FanDuel and speaking of this week, on the other side, we're going to be joined for the first time on this show by Michael Harrison, who's going to give us an in-depth look at some of the betting odds this week and how he places the odd wager or two or three on the world of golf on a weekly basis. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac, Experience Cadillac, Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in a studio. Well, as we do on our Wednesday editions of GTC right here on TSN 1050, we take a deep dive into the fan duel odds for that week's PGA Tour event. This week, of course, it's the Genesis Scottish Open. Not a designated event, but the field, it's pretty. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Now joining us for much more on the odds this week and betting in golf overall, Michael Harrison making his debut on Golf Talk Canada. Some people call him the hound dog. He's known for that on SC with Jay on, right? Michael, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, Adam. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm uh, very, very excited to, to dive into uh, a lot of these golf bets and uh, super excited to talk to you, my friend. Very excited to talk to you as well. So for those who follow you at Hound Dog Harrison on whether it's Instagram or Twitter, you often give your betting advice and what your thoughts on a tournament. But he heading into a tournament like this, where there are right now a couple of players, Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler, who have odds in the three digits so plus 700 or plus 850 how do you look at an event like this are, are you someone who tries to look a little further down the line in terms of value and trying to avoid some of the favorites yeah absolutely i, I think when you start a golf tournament uh, a player with odds like like you said sky Scheffler, plus 700 that's so low especially against a really really deep talented field Obviously, Scotty Scheffler, number one in the world, he's been playing out of his mind of late. But as you know, a bunch of seconds and thirds, very good. To me, like going into a, a plus 700, if you were to have bet Scheffler to win the last, what, eight, nine tournaments, that players would have been wrong. You would have been sweating a bunch of potential wins, but you would have been wrong, right? So uh, for the case with him, inserting with Rory McIlroy, clearly they're, they're the favorites. That's why the betting odds are so short for them. But... To me, I definitely pretty much avoid any golfer at the start of a tournament that's in the triple digits feel like definitely you want to look at a guy with a little bit longer odds, absolutely, on that. And I assume that's probably the same case. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. For you know, I when I'm looking at it, I, I look at the same thing in terms of the the single digits or triple digits if you're looking at plus seven hundred, eight hundred, that sort of thing. To me, that's just too short because we've got these fields of a whether it's 120 or 144 man fields where it's sort of you know what there's anything can happen. It's it's betting in golf and and that's where things can easily uh, go astray. So. I mentioned that those two guys off the top, but then we have a host of guys sort of in the, you know, plus 1,400 to 2,200 on FanDuel, you know, guys like Cantlay and Shoffley, Fowler, etc. When you look at a tournament, how much do you weigh current form and how they have played at a tournament like this in years past? Yeah, definitely. Certainly look at the, the current form, obviously. But unfortunately, there's definitely some golfers that, uh, and I, I'm actually going to pick a player this week that might surprise you, Adam, because uh, of all of our discussions, I usually try to refrain from picking Tommy Fleetwood because he's comes close so often, but doesn't end up winning. So there are a lot of golfers that, that I would put in that mix. Like, for example, like Cameron Young, Tommy Fleetwood, used to be Tony Finau, Matt Fitzpatrick, even until this last year. Like, their odds were always really, really low, but they were – Lou Eustace, and I used to always bet him years ago, and I finally got frustrated with that because their odds were always so low, but they never would win or very, very rarely, right? But uh, certainly, I definitely take into account for Fleetwood. Obviously, still won on the PGA Tour. Came very close in Canada a couple of weeks ago. But he has uh, played super, super well at this course before. Lost in the playoff a few years ago and was fourth last year. I almost feel like – this might be the perfect opportunity for him to get that first PGA Tour victory to get that monkey off his back. I know Mark Sakino was talking about him earlier in the show. And I almost feel like this is the perfect chance. He's not playing in the United States. It is, of course, still a co-sanctioned PGA Tour event, so he can get that first victory. And, of course, he's done very, very well at. Uh, yeah, without question, um, a, a player like that, usually I try to avoid. But this week, for some reason, it's probably against my better judgment. I am going for him. Okay, so you've got a hunch here. You've got a feeling on Tommy Fleetwood, you and Mark and Bob. It's like you guys are just meeting together, a meeting of brilliant minds talking about Tommy Fleetwood, as you all have him this week, plus 2,100 right now on FanDuel. I'm, I'm looking at him, Tommy Fleetwood, potentially for next week. But in, in, all, in all kinds of golf betting, there's so much variety. There's outright winners. There's uh, group betting. There's first-round leaders and that's where I, I want to talk about that with you first round leader because we've spoken at length off mic about how to bet first round leader how does it work for you do you look at the forecast do you look at the morning afternoon wave how does that work for you definitely I mean obviously first of all the, the first and foremost certainly is the is the forecast but obviously there's been plenty of times in the past and I think <laughs> I've done golf betting for many, many years. And unfortunately, when you have a lot of scar tissue of losing, I mean, let's be honest. Anyone who thinks that they they make money over many, many years golf betting, you're pretty much lying to anybody. Like, it's really, really difficult. Obviously, you try to – I've been on a bit of a heater here recently, but generally speaking, yes, it's very, very difficult. But for what I, one of the mistakes I used to make for first-round leaders was I'd be betting guys who were playing in the afternoon wave before the tournament even started. And then – invariably uh, you know, almost every single time like last week for example at the john deere classic out of absolutely nowhere jonas blixt uh, shoots what did he shoot 10 under or nine under or something like that mm-hmm. in, the, in the morning wave and then if you had bet a player in the afternoon before he's even teed off 
he's already going to ha- have to shoot 10 under par to take the first round lead, right? So it sounds like a very simple thing, but I think it's oftentimes, uh, you know, it just maybe slips your mind when you're, just, when you're not even looking at the tee times. You just happen to, oh, this guy, oh, you know, 50, uh, 50 to 1 odds. Those are pretty good odds, right? But if, if he's playing in the afternoon, a lot of times, just wait. Wait to see how the morning scores go, then uh, you know, adjust accordingly uh, in the afternoon type thing. Also, as well, in the morning, the players, the, the greens are perfect. You know, no one's, uh, there hasn't been wear and tear on the green, so in theory, they're going to make a lot more birdies, right? So for this week specifically, definitely targeting guys who, uh, you know, who are playing early in the morning. But my favorite one, Ludwig Aberg, I've been trying to keep him a secret, a secret but unfortunately, he's been playing so well lately that everyone's starting to, to realize this. His first-round leader odds were actually 60-1 to 1 on FanDuel, as of yesterday, but now this morning, he's now down to 42 to 1. People are starting to realize he's been in the 60s the last four first rounds. He had a top five at the John Deere. This guy's going to be on the Ryder Cup team for Europe, I think. He is an absolute stud in the making. And uh, yeah, he's been playing phenomenal golf of late. So, and he plays in the morning, 42 to 1 odds. Sign me up every time for that one. Yeah, and he's a guy who, you know, has really come on the scene quickly. He was one of the pre-tournament betting favorites at the John Deere Classic right now to win the overall tournament at the Scottish Open plus 5,000. I'm glad you, you mentioned your heater that you're currently on, which we're going to get to a little bit. Don't you worry, Hound Dog. We're in conversation here with Michael the Hound Dog Harrison talking golf betting and you mentioned something there that really struck something with me where you sort of waited out a little bit to place a bet so let's say scotty scheffler or rory mcelroy shoot call it one or two over and they're eight shots off the lead heading into round two is is there a number that you look at whether their odds creep to say you know 15 to 1 maybe even 18 20 to 1 where you think now is the time to press on guys like them I definitely like pressing on guys like that. Like John Rama, I recall doing that a couple times this year as well. Uh, actually, when he ended up overtaking Colin Morikawa at the uh, Tournament of Champions, that was a bet that I ended up winning. Uh, specifically, though, uh, if the player plays early on the Friday morning. Because, again, just like I told you about the first-round leader thing, if all of a sudden, you know, uh, McElroy's you know, five, six, seven shots back after day one and you want, and you want to bet him, but he plays the afternoon wave, just that same reason what I said about the first round could apply to the second round where he could then be teeing off and he's like 12 shots back or something like that, right? So definitely I'd like to jump on those guys when they are, you know, say they are 15, you know, plus 1,500 or something, plus 1,800, provided they're playing early on the Friday morning. Because if they're not, it's almost like you, 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 they could absolutely be out of the tournament by the time they tee off on the Friday, right? So it's uh, you definitely have to... Uh, dig deep a little bit or actually pay attention to the board and the tee times and also the weather as we as we said earlier well and you really have to pay attention this two-week stretch here right because of the the you know how people can get totally uh you know but with the the weather that comes through whether it's the morning wave afternoon wave the wave of death if you will like let's let's say if uh, you know during the morning wave at the you know where it's a lot of rain coming in during the morning and maybe the afternoon it, it gets that too because as we know the weather overseas it can change pretty quickly so for those making bets this week take a look at the forecast because it's certainly certainly Critical. Now, I mentioned earlier, too, about group betting and how players, uh, at least for the first two rounds, playing in threesomes. And do you take a look at 
if and when you are doing that of, you know, what are you parlaying groups together? Like, how do you like looking at three ball group betting overall? I absolutely love the three ball bets that in the first round leader bets uh, or second round, third round leader bets, because if you place a bet for a player to win on the Wednesday night, and then you have to wait all the way till Sunday to see if it pans out, more often than not, it's gonna, not going to pan out because it's so incredibly difficult to pick winners on the, on the PGA Tour or any golf event. But I love the three balls and the first-round leaders because you can win your money or lose your money. That's that very day, right? So I absolutely love that. And I definitely have won a few three-ball bets over the year. Uh, you know, I think I've been betting them for maybe the last year or so, parlaying three different uh, groups and then the, the three balls for three groups. But unfortunately, I think I find, uh, you know, I was betting – too many of the underdogs in those groups. And of course it's going to hit occasionally, but it's so of course it, very difficult to hit those. If you're always betting three of the underdogs, it's, it's very, very rare. So lately I've been trying to um, bet maybe say the one of the favorites in the group, the second favorite in the second group, and then maybe a longer shot on the third group. So for this week, for example, I looked uh, at Aaron Rye to beat, uh, Francesco Molinari and Luke Donald, because Aaron Rye uh, has won this tournament a few years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, he's the favorite. Then Fowler, Ricky Fowler, has been an unbelievable form to beat uh, the U.S. Open champ, Wyndham Clark, and Terrell Hatton. Fowler is the second favorite in that group. Uh, and then Rasmus Hoygaard, who just won last week in the DP World Tour over uh, Danny Willett and, and Keith Mitchell. So the three of those pay out uh, just, uh, just about over plus 1,400 for the three of those. Um, but yeah, definitely three balls. They're so much fun. Like I said, because I don't want to wait four days to find out if I won or lost. Give me the result right away, please. Well, and it's this whole betting world. I'm kind of dating myself saying this. It's provided a, a, a whole new, uh, perspective on how to watch golf, how to watch sports overall, how to really, you know, a rooting interest, add something a little different. Now you mentioned the heater you're on here. So walk us. I, I know last week there were a couple of winners that you snagged, whether it was, you know, Sepp Straka Saturday evening at 60. Six to one, and what do you do? He shot sixty-two with a double bogey. Tell us about some of your latest winnings. Yeah, so I've been doing. Uh, you know, we mentioned uh, on social media my all best par off uh, golf videos the last couple of years on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok. I can't believe I'm finally on TikTok. I always said I'd never go on it, but I'm actually on it. It amazes me that I'm on there, but I am. But yeah, so um, yeah, uh, Ricky Fowler a couple of weeks ago at the Rocket Mortgage, I had him at the start of the tournament. Then Bernard Longer to win on the, the Champions Tour major, uh, he was like 28 to 1. So those were like a couple pre-event uh, picks. And well, of course, I can't even, Nick Taylor at the Canadian Open, I had two bets on him to win almost 800. That was, I'll probably never do that again. But uh, the main strategy, going back to betting outright winners, is I like to bet going into Saturday and then, and then definitely the final round. And so the final round last week, I, like, as you mentioned, I had Step Strack at 66 to 1, and then Rasmus Huegar at 45 to 1 on the GP World Tour. Um, I find it's way better to, uh, to bet on those players who are close to the lead after two days or going to the final round, as opposed to, okay, I'm going to sink my money into 10 players before the tournament, when realistically, maybe two of those guys actually have a chance to win come Sunday. So wait, uh, I would say, opt- I would, that'd be a cautionary tale to people. Don't do that. Wait, uh, bet on a couple guys you like, of course, to win. I, I'm not saying never bet on the guys before the tournament. But bet going into the third and fourth round, the final round, that is a lot more likelihood that, of course, you're obviously going to win then. 
There you go. There's uh, tons of uh, discussion there. And look at that. We've done 15 minutes of live radio. You talking about the heater you went on. And we just, I elected not to, to bring up me beating you on the golf course last Friday. I, I elected not to bring that up and not to ask you any particular, <laughs> <laughs> any question uh, about. Blind, blind squirrel finds it out every so often, Adam. He finally right. beat me. Yeah. You're definitely right. Well, I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed this. Michael, thanks so much for joining us here on Golf Talk Canada. And if you're around, we'd love to get your perspective on betting for the Open Championship, the final men's major of the season, next Wednesday on TSN 1050. What do you say? No, I absolutely hated my time today, Adam. Uh, I truly despise talking to you every single day. Uh, I'm just joking. This has been amazing and definitely would love to do that without question. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, man, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, my friend. Meg. That is Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. He's uh, recently appeared on the Jim Taddy Show, Yes Sky, and uh, you can check out his videos too. All bets par off, where he picks a winner and some players for top five, top ten, that sort of thing. And he's on TikTok too. He he's really coming of age. So uh, good for Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. On the other side, we're going to wrap up today's show and tell you about a pair of giveaways that we are currently doing right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Wrapping up this morning's edition of Golf Talk Canada with a couple of giveaways we have this week. First of all, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continue throughout the summer here on Golf Talk Canada. Check out our website, golftalkcanada.com. Click the 20 weeks of TaylorMade tab. Sign up for our fantasy pool. And if you win, Stealth 2 Plus Driver. It's all yours. It's free to sign up. We heard from Brian Basil from TaylorMade earlier in the show all about the main technology points behind the Stealth 2 Plus driver. Also, this week we are doing a giveaway with our friends from Adidas and their collaboration with Bogey Boys on a great tote bag valued at $600. Check out our social media page, specifically on Instagram, both Golf Talk Canada and my own personal Instagram page for more details on that. Tag three friends in the comments. Follow Golf Talk Canada. Follow Adidas Golf on Instagram. We'll do a draw. We'll announce a winner next week. Well, this has been first our first leg of our GTC triple header. We're on again in just over an hour on TSN4, where we're going to take a look back at the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach, won by Allison Corpus, her first career LPGA Tour victory, comes at a great time. Her first major at Pebble Beach and winning $2 million as well. Mark's interview with Joseph McLucky, 
from JPSM Golf about some of their great new products. You can also see us again, 10 p.m. on TSN2. Mark is on the call throughout the week on PGA Tour Radio, the Genesis Scottish Open. He's there on location. Bob and I will be back later today, tsn.ca and SportsCenter for Speed Golf, talking all about the latest news in the world of golf as well. Check out FanDuel for our three handicap betting odds as well. We'll be on tsn.ca. Thanks to Bob Weeks for joining us today. Thanks to Brian Basil, Lucas Herbert, Mark Sacchino, and Michael the Hound Dog Harrison for joining us this morning. It's been a fun one. We'll see you in just over an hour on TSN4. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.